It is time for Pet Chat. Firstly, good afternoon, Cheryl Shaw. Merry Christmas to you. And to you too and to our listeners. It's wonderful to be here. And Paul McCarthy, you're uh, looking very festive as well. Got a nice little Christmas tie. Why, thank you. Yes, the Christmas tie. Yep, very important to have it this time of year. It is. Now, our last Pet Chat, what are you going to be talking about this afternoon, guys? Well, I thought I'd talk about the stress, not just on us, but on our pets as well. Very good. And for you, Paul? Uh, we, we're going to follow on that with some more information about what not to feed your pets for Christmas. Oh, chocolate. Full stop. There's your segment <laughs> over. But thank you. Thank you for coming Short in. and sweet. <laughs> Have a Merry Christmas. Anne at Curry, you've got a question about your dog. Uh, yes. She's seven. Um, she's a Maltese. She's an inside one. A lot years ago, we bought her one of those blue cooling mats. And I had to throw them out because they weren't any good. I don't know whether I should go and buy her another one or not. Sure. So is your house air-conditioned, then? I've got air-conditioned in the lounge room and the kitchen. And what's your flooring? Um, in the lounge room and bedrooms, it's carpet. Yep. On the other floors, it's... Um, imitation floorboards. Yeah, so what you'll probably find is that most of the small breed dogs are actually very clever in finding areas in your house where they can cool themselves quite naturally. So if you have a floor a floorboard or a linode area, they'll often choose those areas and they'll lie their full abdomen, so their belly and their chest down onto those cool surfaces and they'll actually do a really good job in helping them to thermoregulate or keep their body temperature at a normal range. Um, I, I like the idea of the different cooling mats and certainly for long-haired breeds, they're a very handy thing to have. Just be conscious that if they get damp on those, that the dampness and humidity in combination can create do- do- what we call hot spots or moist dermatitis. So I think with, in your situation, um, for a small breed dog with a, probably, a, is it a fairly long coat or a fairly short coat? No, it's not long. Yeah, so I would think possibly if you've got some nice, cool, flat surfaces to lie on, there's nothing wrong in using those cooling mats, but you may find them unnecessary if your house is staying at a fairly normal temperature anyway and she has got those cool surfaces to lie upon. Well, see, she's got a sensitive stomach and bowel Mm. and I don't want to add any more to the... Yeah. Yep, I think it's probably a good idea is that, as I said, dogs are often very smart and they'll find these cool surfaces on their own. Well, in our lounge room, we've got an old fireplace that we kept and there's tiles on that and she goes on that sometimes. Yeah, perfect. So she's already found some places that work for her. So mats are also very good, but I think in this circumstance, you're probably going to find she'll be okay. Thank you very much. I hope we've been able to help you out, Anne from Curry. I'll tell you what, Paul, if the, the dogs can find a bit of cool... Yeah, spaces. Good luck to the rest of us too. We're very warm at the moment. Yeah, and I'd like to also reiterate that air conditioning is very good at keeping your ambient temperature down, but for dogs with very thick coats, it often doesn't make enough of a difference. So having those sort of flat, cool surfaces to lie on and just being aware that air conditioning often just moves air around sometimes and won't give the air conditioning, you know, give the dogs quite the same benefit that we receive because we just don't have the same coats. Um, And on that topic about heat, um, really important to remember, don't exercise dogs in the middle of a day at this time of year because the ambient temperature and humidity is just too much for some dogs, particularly the brachycephalic dogs, so the dogs who have squash noses who can't really make their air cooler as they're breathing it in, can find exercise in the middle of the day a real challenge, and we see heat stroke very commonly at this time of year. So work, walk your dogs early in the morning or late in the evening. Better still, if you've got a long-haired dog, 
clip them through the summer and Cheryl, I'm sure you're, you're flat out with that sort of stuff at this time of Absolutely. year. Um, but it does make a difference to those dogs. And if you can't get into a groomer because they're very busy this time of year, even just brushing the dog's undercoat out can make a very big difference in enabling that dog to cool down in the summer. Maybe Paul and Cheryl, instead of exercising the dogs, maybe give them a nice different activity to do. Maybe give your dog a hobby. What do you think, Cheryl? A hobby. Which yeah. hobby is this? Singing jingle bells, maybe. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> no? Oh. He, he's going to do it, Cheryl. Just Here let him we do go. It. Okay. <laughs> you have got some uh, tips, though, uh, for the, the dogs and the animals over the holidays, haven't you? Absolutely. Often people find it really stressful to um, have Christmas celebrations, but not only that, we've got to think about our pets. So if you're having people coming to stay with you or having celebrations at home, make sure if you've got a cat in particular that you place that cat in a safe space, so somewhere like a bedroom, um, where the cat is going to feel more secure because often cats don't really like visitors coming into their house. Things smell different, there's lots of changes going on. It causes a lot of um, confusion and emotional stress. And that's pretty important for cats, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, so cats are a little bit less resilient about visitors than dogs are. So Dogs generally are more gregarious. They tend to cope with strangers better. Yes. That's not, for, of course, for all dogs. Um, but I can certainly blanket most cats as being more likely to be reactive to a stranger and even just to have um, people coming and going at different times of the day. Cats love routine. They, yes. they know how their life works based on comings and goings, when the food comes out, when people arrive home. So at Christmas time, when all that's starting to change, it does create another stress for cats. And we can get conditions like stress, um, urine, urine out urine problems, so blood in the urine, um, as well as cats will start to mark and even sort of scratch other areas they wouldn't have done previously because they're just not show, sure about what's happening in their That's surroundings. That's right, and that, like you're saying, those routines are really important to animals and, hmm. you know, cats as well as dogs. If you are locking them away, make sure that you go and check on them regularly as well. Give them a bit of a, you know, extra attention. Just find that time to go in, make them feel, you know, that they're still loved and everything's okay, that you're still around. Um, you know, a couple of cuddles and making sure that they are okay just to reinforce that, you know, they're not left alone. The other thing too, when you're having visitors come over, often visit visitors will um, give your dog or your cat things that they probably shouldn't. Mm. And whilst they're probably meaning to do well on trying to win your dog over, often these things that they give them can upset their tummies. And again, this is something that you need to be really watching who's giving what to your dog in particular. Yeah, and not even just for simple, is it this food too rich for my dog or cat, is actually, is this food dangerous to yes. my cat or dog? Because things so many that we Christmas often foods, find are, mm. are often Christmas foods that are very, you know, you wouldn't think have a risk to them, such as grapes and macadamias, actually are very toxic to pets. And, and um, small volumes are often all that's needed to make a difference there. Even what, what flowers we had as you spoke before about the, what we had um, with the lilies and things. Yes. Um, even eating those leftovers, often people put their, put their plants out the back and their dogs and cats can get to access to those, just dispose of those properly as well. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about those last time. It's just not even just having them in the house, it's how you get them out of the house as well. That's right. And often dogs will go through the garbage really quickly yeah, when there's exactly. those lovely smells of, you know, the hams and whatever. So we've got to be really, really mindful of that. Another problem that we've got when we had visitors coming to our homes is that um, dogs are great opportunists. If there's a door open or a gate left open, 
sleep and they will go through it. And whilst they can be a little bit scared of who's coming and going, they can take off. So please make sure that your dog's up to date. Um, ID is is um, on the collar. Um, if you're travelling, make sure that you've got an alternate number or a place that somebody can contact you if your dog um, does get away from when you're travelling. You know, you might stop the car and suddenly your dog's gone. When they're in unfamiliar territory, they can, you know, so easily become lost and, um, and, and run because they're quite frightened. We've had several strays already this week, and it's often just because people are out and they're about doing much more. They're busy, they're not thinking about those simple things like, is the gate closed? And with the afternoon thunderstorms, it's really critical if you've got a dog that is storm-phobic, yes. that they just have somewhere safer they can be when you're absent from the house. So... As, as you've already said, Mark, storm is predicted this afternoon. So for people who have stormophobic dogs, just be really looking for those signs, listening to your weather reports, um, in that there are things you can do to try and help those stormophobic dogs before the storm arrives to make the event less scary. Yeah, and that talking about storms, even the Christmas bonbons can sometimes freak dogs out. Yeah, very true. You know, you've got that celebration happening. You don't actually think about what's happening to the pet, you know, their psyche about, oh, suddenly there's a bang and they take off. So do be mindful when you're making any noises even unwrapping Christmas presents when somebody's really excited the dogs Mm -hmm. can pick up or the cats and become a bit stressed about what's going on so you know whilst we want to enjoy our uh, you know celebrations and our festivities we need to be mindful of our pets as well just making sure that they're somewhere safe and of course the fireworks on New Year's we just get over Christmas and then the fireworks so that's a really important one yeah and again I, I stress to all listeners out there um, just be very conscious on, on that evening that there will be somewhere your dog can go. And often what we think is the safe spot for our dogs isn't where the dog feels safe. So it's about often watching where your dog wants to get to when there are loud noises, in that often the room that we think might be the most convenient for the dog to be in could actually be the room that will make the sound even more intensified or the fact they've never been in that room normally yes. makes them even scarier, you know, more scared. So I yeah. think it is important to be watching your dog's where, where do they want to go when they're feeling scared and having that space available to them at New Year's? And I think it's really important, you know, our pets are part of our family, so just making sure that they're comfortable. They enjoy their Christmas and festivities as well as That's us. That's right. Yes. And Sue from Warrabrook, you've got a question about your cat. We'll find out what that is next. A Christmas gift voucher from Dog Overboard is worth barking about. Dog Overboard has Christmas gift vouchers from $25 for dog grooming services, accessories like leads, collars, dog coats, and of course, doggy play toys. Christmas gift vouchers from $25. A great gift idea for any dog owner from our sponsor, Dog Overboard, William Street, Adamstown. Have you got any unwanted gold jewellery? Gold Exchange will pay the highest price guaranteed for all your scrap gold. Coins, bullion, diamonds, gold nuggets, silver and high-end watches. Gold Exchange will value, test and pay cash on the spot. Skip the middleman and deal direct with the refiner. Visit our sponsor Gold Exchange, 184 Pacific Highway, Charlestown. For value, test and cash on the spot for your jewellery. Gold Exchange, 184 Pacific Highway, Charlestown. WNURFM weather. On the waters today, some southerly 10 knot winds. Seas around a metre and a northeasterly 1 to 1.5 metre swell. We have a low tide at the moment, 0.6 of a metre, catching a high tide at about 6 tonight, with an 80% chance of showers, possibly an afternoon or evening thunderstorm thrown in there as well. Currently by the water at Valentine, 23 degrees, 28 degrees. It's warming up at Williamtown, 28 degrees for you at 28 to 1. As we continue with Pet Chat, good afternoon, Sue. You're at Warrabrook, and what is wrong with your cat? 
Oh, I'd just like to know if it's safe to get cat's claws cut. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we regularly... I, I pick my own cat's nails too. So as like all species, the nail does grow continually with life. Um, mm. And particularly for indoor cats who often don't have the access to trees and branches where they would normally scratch those points off, you can certainly have your nails trimmed on a cat. Absolutely. Sure, you would mm. do that. With yeah. your dogs, it's the same. Yeah, absolutely. All, all species have, have nails that grow. Um, and with cat's nails in particular, they're often forgotten about. They can actually grow back into the pad quite quickly. So it's a really mm. good idea to be checking your cats regularly. And the well, other this thing... One, this one has... Um it only has three and three quarter legs. <laughs> oh, okay. There's been an and amputation. And it's got a cat pole in here. Yep. And um, his nails are extremely long and sharp. Yeah, so I would certainly have a chat to your local vet or grooming salon and they can talk to you about getting those nails done. But it is a really good, important thing to, to remember in cats because they can grow through the pad just mm-hmm. as easy as dogs can. Thank you very much, Sue. Hope we were able to answer that question for you. And we are back with the, the Pet Chat guys talking about yeah. Christmas. And, uh, Sherry, you've got a thought before we move yeah, on? Yeah, I do. You know, sometimes people don't think about their birds as well, and those birds need their nails cut. I have an indoor canary, and um, if I don't cut that nail, you know, regularly on one of the feet, it really grows around the perch. Yeah, and on that note, often people who have um, have caged birds often have perches that are all the same diameter. Yes. Um, and that can make a big difference in getting those nails worn down so i always encourage people to try and put in some sticks that are of different varieties different shapes different surfaces and certainly different diameters yeah because they can exercise correct Mm. exercising their feet um we did have a case last week of a a budgie that sadly did have the nails grow into a section into almost a claw they couldn't open the nail because they were so badly they were so long Mm. um and again there was just the one um, bar in that cage of just a simple you know dowel rod or one diameter and so they've now Unfortunately, got a few more branches in there, and hopefully that won't happen again. Yeah, and even with dogs, people say the dog's nails wear down. Well, in reality, most of them don't. Yeah, it's interesting in that I see some people who often do road running with their dogs, they will have nice short mm-hmm. nails, but not many of us do road running with our dogs. So yeah. you're right. I think it is important to not just assume that the amount of exercise you're doing with your dog will be adequate to keep yeah. those nails at an adequate length. And, Paul, often with the Cavaliers, you'll see that their dew claw is curling the dew right claws, around. Yeah, yeah we have these on a regular so basis, and mm-hmm. you would see them too, sure, where, sadly, they've punctured back into the pad. Yes. Um, they can form an abscess, apart from the fact that it just hurts. Yeah, very painful. Um, and those dew claws, of course, are never going to be worn down by exercise because they just don't reach the ground. Yeah, they need regular attention. We're back talking uh, Christmas for our pets, and, of course, the Christmas food comes out, all of the things that, that we love to eat, but the dogs and the cats, they some of the things that are on the Christmas table they should not be looking at. Yeah, that's right. I think at this time of year, everyone has their bowls out ready for their guests to arrive. Um, and just remembering this is, is often a really weird circumstance for your pets. They don't normally have bowls of food sitting around. So just be conscious of what you're putting into those bowls. So macadamias should never be in a bowl that a dog can access. Grapes and raisins are toxic to um, species. They'll, they'll damage their kidneys. Um, things that you don't think of are often not things that dogs should have access to. Too. Even the simple things where the ham bone's been finished at Christmas, please don't give that ham bone to your dog. Every Christmas we get four or five cases of pancreatitis where the dog has been given the big fatty ham bone. Um, they've cracked through to the marrow inside the bone. This is an, an enormous bolus of fat that they don't regularly have on a, on a normal basis and, and the pancreas just can't handle it. So the ham bone is best placed in the bin, not given to your dog. You mentioned macadamias. What mm. is toxic there? What's the story? So sadly, macadamias can cause seizures in dogs. It, it causes a neurological disease. Um, and 
the volume that they need to have actually can be very minimal. Um, it can even just be from eating the um, raw macadamias off your tree. So if you do have a macadamia tree in your backyard, just be very conscious your dog isn't snuffling up those fallen um, nuts because they, they sadly will cause seizures. Um, and uh, cats, re- fortunately, don't tend to do those sorts of activities, so we don't see that in cats, but we do see macadamia toxicity in dogs quite regularly. And there's also some of the foreign objects that, that sort of come around at Christmas time too, like the wrappings around the... Yes, yeah. The rope? Yep, and as Cheryl mentioned earlier... Um, things that are wrapped around your meats, those ropes that keep your meat in place while you're preparing it, particularly your ham and your mm. different roasts, um, those strings we pull out of intestines quite commonly as well. String foreign bodies sadly often don't pass through. So they get wedged in the, in the duodenum and they just then cause a, almost a, an accordion-style um, misshaping of the intestines. They all bunch up um, and they actually often require multiple excisions to remove those surgically. So be very, very careful with any of those strings. And in cats, it's ribbons. Yes. So at this time of year, Christmas wrapping done in ribbons, um, cats ingesting ribbons and thread same situation the intestine get all bunched up and they will generally require surgery they won't pass on their own and then you've got the skewers as well often people do different skewers you know strawberries with chocolate and the skewers and the you know, the dogs oh yeah, the bin. It, yeah, oh. good good point. Even the meat skewers. Yes. So we have had the situation where we had a dog that punctured through the nasal cavity towards the eye with a skewer. Um, they're very sharp edged, um, and so particularly people who often feed their dog um, with the skewer take the skewer out if you are going to give any meat off the skewer before you just give them the skewer. Um, generally, you would think, gosh, how can that happen? But it just takes the wrong angle on one of those skewers mm. and you can really do some damage with those. Yeah. You were just saying about macadamia nuts before, but, you know, there's a double whammy, the chocolate-coated... Double, yeah, oh. double whammy, yeah. yeah. And look, we, we touch wood, have had no chocolate toxicity so far, but we've had multiple dogs brought in for vomiting due to trying to eat the Christmas pudding. Mm. So... All those dried fruits in there, the sultanas, the raisins, are quite toxic. Um, and because they're so sweet, dogs will find them more than, you know, almost irresistible. So just make sure that they're in areas that they can't get to. I think we're now at eight dogs we've had vomit the last week who have got access to their fruit. So, yeah, just be really careful out there at this time of year. Mm. A lot of things that taste wonderful to us and are not a, a hazard per se to us, but for the pets... Not good. Yeah, even I mean, we've probably touched on this over the year as well. But cooking with onions, so don't don't give things, don't give cooked onion to your dogs. It can cause anemias. There's lots of simple things that generally aren't an issue for us. Um, and then there's the, the this one you the stone fruit. So um, I, I would hate to count up the number of times I've had to surgery remove an apricot or a peach stone from a dog. Mangoes, I've only had to take out twice. They were very large dogs. Mainly they can't get uh, full mango seed down, but these were two big dogs. But, yeah. Well, that could also become more of a, a choking thing. Oh, absolutely. Because they'd have a go at it and it's... Yeah, can't get it through. Yeah. yeah, so just be careful about how you're disposing of your stone fruit at this time of year as well. No problems with feeding them the fruit off of the stone, though? No, so peaches and apricot are absolutely fine, and, and mango is absolutely fine as well. Um, just be conscious if you are going to do, do any change to your diet, um, to any, any animal really, is that make your change very gradual. So if you are going to suddenly decide, well, we've got some fruit, we might give some, just do small pieces um, uh, rather than suddenly give a great big bowl of fruit. Paul, you sound like you're a man that's in need of a bit of Christmas cheering up. You can never have too much Christmas cheer. Oh, the dogs are here a little earlier on. Cheryl, I want to hear you singing along with the cats, okay? You can do this, Silent Night. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, come on. Give it a go. <laughs> <laughs>
Listen is, to those pussies. It really is that bad, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look how the owner of that cat calling in to find out what's wrong with that cat. Yeah. Well, we we are looking forward to more (laughs) of your calls on 49216216. Good afternoon, Jenny from Broke. You've got a question about your dog this afternoon. I do. It's my sister's dog. It's um, she's a rescue greyhound, and um, we just adore her. But um, she went to the vet last week, and they diagnosed colic, and uh, she got an injection. I think it was buscapan. And we did, I just wanted to check, we, I think we're going to have to take her up again. Because she's frightened to go to the vet, I thought I'd ring you first. Mm. She's going a little bit downhill again, but she's 10 years old, so mm. she's having trouble getting up on the lounge and she's getting really nervous, so it could be, you know, a bit of arthritis. But I just wanted to ask, is colic something that reoccurs pretty quickly? Um, or so, so colic is actually just a name given to um, a number of conditions that would cause abdominal pain. So in, in itself isn't isn't actually a diagnosis it's more a, a what we would call a clinical sign so um colic in horses again has a, has a list of possibilities that cause colic so the name colic just means my tummy's sore so certainly if what was given previously hasn't resolved the issue I, I would certainly have it further investigated because abdominal pain can have very simple answers but can also have quite advanced issues that, that you know conditions that can be you know s- sadly quite involved so if it hasn't resolved, I, I would strongly recommend a revisit um, and just explain to your vet that the disappointment of the abdominal pain hasn't resolved and it might be some need to do some further investigations such as blood work or x-rays or your ultrasound to determine the source of the pain. But colic itself is just a, a term given to pain. Thank you very much, Jenny. And we've got a budgerigar from you, Vicky. Agreed. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. How are you? Well, thank you, Vicky. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, thank you. I have a beautiful little male budgie that was given to me for Mother's Day. When he was given to me, his wing was um, clipped. Okay. Now, he's doing beautifully. He's gone to really well with it. He gets out of the cage all the time. His flight feathers have now regrown, but his wing droops. Yeah. It's not the same as the other wing, and when he's out, he makes absolutely no attempt to fly or flap his wings or anything. Yeah, and sadly, this can be a situation we see. So um, when you are going to do what's called pinioning or wing clipping of a, of a bird, there, there are some rules to follow. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of wing clipping. Um, I, I think it is um, I think it's important a bird has flight capacity. If you can train your bird to be indoors like you have done and has, has no need to fly, then that's wonderful. But um, sadly, damage that it has been done previously... Uh, Vicky may not be recoverable um, and I guess the most important in this situation is that if quality of life is still good, we're still happy and we're a bright, happy budgie, then that, that's he great He doesn't seem to be in any pain Yeah, terrific, so he I would just assume and talking and, and yeah. whatever You don't think he would be in any pain? No, so if he's able to talk, eat and defecate quite normally, then I think oh, this yes. is just going to be a situation that probably with this length of time won't resolve so what have they done? They've done it wrong and hit a nerve or something. Yeah, without seeing the bird to be able to know where the where the damage is, uh, you know, things you could think of is that there may be some nerve damage to the wing. Um, there may have been sadly an inadvertent break of the of the bone of the wing, um, which has just either healed the wrong way. Um, nerve nerve damage to a wing generally isn't recoverable. Um, 
but yeah, without without seeing the the bird, I wouldn't be able to have a real sort of guess at the diagnosis. But they'd be some things that would would could cause long term damage. Thank you very much, Vicky and Jenny as well. We'll come back with a little bit more uh, of Pet Chat. Yvonne from Gorick and your cat. We'll just have to hold on to a couple more minutes. And our final one for 2018, guys. I know it's gone so quickly. It has. Yeah. Mm. As our final pet chat for 2018 rolls up before Christmas, so we're having a chat uh, in the in the break there with Cheryl and Paul. I think we're all doing very different Christmases. A quiet one for you, Cheryl, but Paul, I think you've got half of New South Wales. That's <laughs> your house. I had the, the the pleasure of having both as a family being hosted this year, so yeah, it'll be a good day. So you've got a pool now. So that's we have. What hence, I think for. why we suddenly become the host. How many? How many for lunch? Uh, I think it was about 16 for lunch. So yeah. And for dinner? About the same. And it's a different crew. They different roll crew, half-time, change sides. That's You've right. you one of those deli counters. You take a number. <laughs> take a number. <laughs> oh, we, I got lunch. And, oh, we got dinner. <laughs> All righty, let's continue with Pet Chat. And Yvonne at Gorican, what is going on with your cat? Hi, how are you? Yes, um, I have a 19-year-old who's looking very much his age, very frail, very bony-looking sort of there, but he eats well, sleeps well and everything else. But he keeps on um, bringing up this bile. Mm. And I'm just sort of wondering, is it something to be concerned about with this bile, that's all? Yeah, so certainly frequent vomiting in, in a cat of that age, I would think there would be a, a reason to get that checked. Um, certainly um, at that age, the, there is a lot of... Um, general ageing of all of the organs internally so there could be quite a few of these that uh, a few options for you in this in this likely diagnosis but i it, it shouldn't be happening and so i certainly think um at this if they're bringing up fur balls um that's a, a regular normal cat event but if we're just bringing up bile that indicates that there's irritation um and disease present and i would certainly oh, have a chat to you event. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Then is it and is it very concerning if a couple of my cats eat flies? No. No. So that's probably the least thing to be worried about. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you very much. Good Have luck. a lovely Christmas. You too. Bye now. What about cockroaches and things like that? Yeah, people get panicky about those too. But generally, no, there's no really reason for those to be an issue for you. Um, most cats will either bring them back up or they'll pass through. As uh, growing up, we lived back onto a reserve and our cat used to catch snakes. Mm. Oh, dear. It didn't eat them, just would just catch bring them kill home. Them. Yep. Like, you know how they sort of drop a mouse in front of you, like to say, look how good you're... Yep, it's a present. Yeah, you get a black snake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a lot of fun. Karen, you've got a question about bones to feed the dogs over Christmas. Yes. Yeah, so the rules generally are no bone that is being cooked... No bone that the animal can break into to get to the marrow. And my general rule is I'm a bit of a no-bone vet generally, but if you do wish to feed your pet a bone, they're allowed to chew the edges of the bone, take the meat off the bone, but as they start to break into the, the actual bone itself, the bone goes away. Mm, okay. Yeah. So the, the problem we often get, certainly with cooked bones, which is where the ham becomes a big issue, is that it changes the actual construction or the, 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 the composition of the bone and it makes them much, much harder. So we see fractured teeth, we see fractures to the actual canines as well as the, as the molar teeth. And then there's the second part of that is it makes them very hard to digest. So we see either pieces coming through whole and they're very sharp, they're very painful to pass. So we see constipation as the minor sign. And then sadly we can see obstruction of the bowel and perforation of the bowel in worst case scenarios. Right, because we normally give them shin bones, but really they only eat the marrow and that's about it, the bones wasted. 
Yeah. Um, and the other ones are the small bags, the bones from the butcher. But yeah. they can, they do bite and chew a lot of that bone, so that's yeah. not good. Well, it's it certainly, as I said, horses for courses. I, I'm not a bone vet. I know there are vets out there who don't think bones are bad. I, I've seen mm. too many issues with them, so I tend to be okay. a no-bone vet. But just being careful about how you do them, watching how your dog deals with the bone is important. If you get concerns, yeah. of course, bone stop. Yeah, no worries. Good luck. Thank you very much, Karen. And I guess, Paul, you, your dog can't get in trouble for what you don't feed it. Exactly right. Yeah. Very cleverly spoken. It's yeah. a good one for... Oh, there, oh, there, oh, there. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. The first thing you said all day, Mark. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've been, and I've been talking all day as well. <laughs> Our last call for Pet Chat today and for 2018 is you, Kerry. You're from Sestock. You've got some dogs that have been escaping. Uh, no, not personally. I actually help find them, uh, find their home. But just carrying on from the fireworks warnings and how to keep your dog safe and so forth, and comfortable when there's fireworks on on New Year's Eve, please put a, a, a collar on them with a phone number on it and make sure their microchip details are up to date because so many dogs still escape on New Year's Eve because of fireworks. Yeah. And it just makes it so much easier to help them. Yeah, home. yeah. I mean, it's a legal requirement for your dog to be identifiable. Um, so not only is it just the right thing to do, it, it, there is a fine associated if your dog is found without one. So you're, you're 100% correct. I cannot stress that enough. Is just ensure your microchip details are up to date as well. If you've moved home since you've last had them chipped, it's important to have those details up to date. If you've changed your phone number, if you've changed your mobile number on a different plan, um, all these details are only good enough if they're up to date. I'll tell you what, Kerry. That's if you're, exactly right. I'll tell you what, Kerry. If uh, the gang from Pet Chat need a holiday next year, you can come and do the program. You're offering some content for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just a suggestion. I help um, admin on a pet blossom found page, and honestly, the number of dogs that go missing on New Year's Eve yeah, and they, they haven't year. got a collar or their chip details aren't up to date is just so frustrating. Yeah. Well, Kerry, thank you for doing all of that work to help reunite pets with their families. That's a really important thing. It really is, particularly with all of the things to be concerned about uh, over Christmas time. That is pretty much it, Cheryl and Paul. You want some nice thank yous before we uh, leave you to your Christmas holidays? Yeah, well, thank you, Mark, and um, also Sarah. It's been great having you guys with us um, on Pet Chat. And obviously, David and Kimberly, and with you too joining us this year, Paul. It's wonderful. Thank you, Cheryl. It's been a, my first year, and I, I've been a steep learning curve on how to be on the radio, so I hope I haven't been too challenging for my listeners to listen to and on that note I'd like to thank all the, the listeners and the callers um, it certainly is, it makes my job easier if I've got some interesting things to talk to you about it, rather than sort of make up things that I've found at work um, so the, the more callers the better um, and I just a, a massive thank you for your patience and your understanding in that I, 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 I am not radio bred so it, it has been as I said a steep learning curve but thank you for your patience and to our listeners we welcome your calls next year Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.